This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. This is Jordan Moorhead with the Austin Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today we have Mason Morosis on, and he's going to tell us all about what he's doing in Austin to make great investments and how he's helping other people make great investments too. Hey, Mason, how are you? I'm great, Jordan. I can't complain. How are you doing? Doing great. Um, I love the background you got there. Real quick, could you tell our guests who you are and how you're involved with real estate investing here in Austin? Sure. So Mason Roses, I've, I've lived in Austin for about four years now, um, and I'm pretty green still in the real estate world. But, you know, one, I've officially 13 months of, of being in real estate. So just just over one year of kind of really diving in. But I'll tell you, man, you can learn you can learn a lot in one year about, you know, all these things when you kind of really dive in and get your hands dirty. Um, and I, by day, so it's not my full-time job just yet, even though, you know, hopefully one day it, it kind of will be the passive side and all that good stuff. Um, but nine to five, the normal job is a uh, finance side and, um, and really just helping people kind of set aside money on the traditional side. And also with, you know, real estate investing, if, if that's a passion of theirs and, and really kind of just diving in with, with both of them at the same time, uh, you know, how they kind of work together in a sense of, you know, traditional markets and, and savings and, and setting money aside to more on the passive side to more the active side of the real estate. And, and I've been doing that now for fully licensed for four years. Um, got my finance degree from the university of Kansas and kind of moved straight down here right after college. And Austin is quite the place to be with all the opportunities and the people that we've met and, uh, my fiance and I are loving it down here. Awesome, man. Yeah, great to have you on here, Mason. Um, so how did you end up in Austin? So I, I ended up here, I was about 19 years old when I got quite the opportunity at the University of Kansas. I I met um, my mentor now that I was kind of up there speaking in one of the classes. And and uh, I really just, he's a financial advisor, top 1% in the world, at a, actually out of Bastrop, Texas. Um, and I just picked his brain like crazy, you know, it, he's got quite the, the true rags to riches story of grew up with nothing, you know, no parents. And, and now he, he's got a good number of uh, professional athletes under his belt. So when he was telling us that in this college class, I really, you know, was like, man, I just, I want to learn. I want to do this. I, I, I'm passionate about savings, saving money, even, you know, from, from 12 years old, when I got my first job, I'm umpiring softball. 35 bucks a game is what they were paying. And I'd take that straight to the, you know, my, my kid's savings account. And, and I just love watching that number grow. And I, and I even, <laughs> as funny as it sounds, then I became obsessed with watching the couple pennies of interest that would go in there. And it's like, man, why are they paying this or how does this all work? And, um, but fa regardless, fast forward to 19, met Michael and, uh, or met the, my mentor there. And, and he gave me quite the opportunity, I think, saw my passion for it all. And, just said, man, come on, come on down to Bastrop, uh, 45 minutes east of Austin, 30 minutes east of Austin, and live with me and my four kids for four months, and I'll teach you everything I know. So I did that, and, and it was quite the grind for that time, but but now I'm just trying to translate it best I can to everyone. 
That's really cool, man. So it's great to have mentors. And I know that's been a huge part of my life too. So you moved to Bastrop and you started working with, his name's Michael? Yes, Michael Hosford is my mentor's name. Yep. Awesome. So you moved Bastrop, you started working with him. How did you get drawn to real estate investing? So I know you, you've just been in that a little over a year now, but it sounds like that's kind of where your passion lies. Yep. So, so advising took that job with, with the $0 salary, you know, and, and kind of learning, learning that actually it was negative dollars, you know, you're paying for all the licenses and whatnot and got to go out and make sales. But, but with him and, and watching my mentor 24 seven, he, he did a lot of like condos and real estate investing and, and kind of during the boom, he, uh, you know, I, I just watched him with all his real estate investments that he maybe spent 10% of the time on. And he would just be very transparent and tell me how much he made there. So it kind of sparked my, and he makes really good money. Trust me on, on the advising side, you know? So it kind of just, you know, 90% there, 10, 10% time spent on the real estate side. It sparked my interest big time of, well, how can I do this? And, and fast forward, you know, it's just started saving money even more, keeping it liquid for myself. Cause I knew at some point in time, I wanted to get into the real estate game somehow. And and honestly, as funny as this sounds too, the, the internet and TikTok and all that stuff, the wealth of information that's there, I, I started, you know, just it, the algorithm does a good job of what you're interested in, of course. And it, all these things started popping up and, and I kind of realized that all these people would show like how much they would make transparently on, on the short-term rental side. And I said, you know, that mixed with the numbers of how fun real estate is. I love the number side and then also the creativity side of it. It felt like a perfect fit for me. And I ran it by my, you know, now fiance about 18 months ago and, and she's got a very, very good creative mind. I said, you know, do you think we could do this together? And, and then we just went head first in it. Um, you know, probably starting to learn about it June of last year and, and closed on that first deal in, in November of 20, 2021. That's awesome. And I really like how you mentioned, you know, the, the social media platforms and how their algorithms kind of pump that stuff to you. So I would say that there's there's been such an uptick in interest in real estate investing with people in the younger generations because, you know, we're on these social media platforms and and we get you're on YouTube and that's all you see is social media or sorry, real estate investing, or you're on, like you said, TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, but I kind of know how their algorithm works. And you're all you're seeing is real estate investing. I'm even on Twitter and all I'm seeing is real estate investing. So you, know, you start to get that interest and then it just builds from there. And that's a really cool observation there. And, you know, it's not just that, you know, you have this rich uncle, you have this mentor that's making all this money, and maybe you started looking into real estate investing, and then it's just suddenly all around you. That's all you see all the time. So really cool observation. Yeah, that's correct. It's almost somewhat, sometimes it's too much, you know, at the end of the night when I'm like trying to shut my brain off and just watch, you know, something that'll make me laugh rather than learn about things 24 seven. I kind of miss, you know, I wish my algorithm sometimes just showed me stupid, funny videos, but yeah. it's a, it's a good, happy medium. Yeah. No, you start to think that there's nobody out there that's not just thinking about real estate all the time. And then you go talk to your, your old friends from college or high school and they're like, oh, what's this real estate thing you've been doing? And clearly it's something that never occurs to them. Yeah. But you're thinking, hey, all I talk to is other people in real estate or all I see is real estate content on social media. Or I'm just going to meetups and I'm meeting all these people that are in real estate. And you forget that 
whatever, 95%, 99% of the population is never going to think about investing in real estate. Hey guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here. And I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing. And I'd be able to help more people. Thanks, guys. Right. Yep. And it just it blew my mind um, uh, just going to these meetups and then getting on you know the algorithm when it starts to do that. It, it is so much fun being around like-minded people with it. Like I could... One of my old high school buddies called me last night and I, I we talked for an hour and a half, you know, about it. And it just, I, I won't shut up. Sometimes it's it's fun to just keep on going. And 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 when other people do show that interest, it's, it's just a wealth of knowledge that's fun to share, especially when it's, you know, rolling and working really well. And not to say that there's not hard parts about it or, um, you know, difficult times or, or, or failures, you know, even many failures that you got to come across. It's, it's definitely not all green. Um, and then I, what I'd say comparing it to the advising side is, you, you know, you could stick your money into an index fund in 35, 40 years. And that's, that's fantastic, but that's very, very easy, right? Maybe get average 10% year over year in the S and P with, with real estate, the goal is for that to be higher, but you're definitely putting in a lot more time, money, effort, kind of more on the active side, more so than just sticking in funds. So there's trade-offs and it just really comes down to each individual person, which again, like you said, it's fun to really pick their brain and learn about just how much they're willing and want to learn and execute on with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, being an, an advisor that's also involved in real estate, I know you can help people, you know, figure out what is your asset allocation going to look like? Is it going to be all real estate or is it going to be a certain chunk in stocks and bonds and a certain chunk in real estate? Or, or maybe you're a high net worth individual and you put some of that in passive investments in real estate and you don't touch the active stuff, but you've got some in stocks, some in private companies, and and some in bonds. So there's just so many options there that it, it can be exhausting. But that's why having an advisor can be super helpful. So, exactly. Yeah, and the risk tolerance side too. Correct. So important. So you know, you talked about talking about real estate with people and mistakes you've made. Something we like to talk about on this podcast is you know the biggest mistakes people have made. So. In real estate, like you said, there's so many things you have to overcome. What's the biggest mistake you would say you've made in real estate investing? Golly, you know, I think, Jordan, like starting out furnishing this Airbnb that we kind of got up and running, it's it, it, it's definitely a mistake that I won't make again, but it was kind of like circumstances. You know, we, we went all in with <laughs> the limited amount of capital we had at that time a year ago. Um, and it when you go cheap on certain things or certain things that break and less, you end up just, you're going to spend more money getting it fixed or getting it redone and just buying the correct thing later. So there are definitely many instances, like I'm looking at my fridge here right now, like that had to be replaced because we bought a $350 fridge on Amazon that didn't work after two months. You know, um, the, I'm, I'm trying to think of some other ones, but many examples like that, just going cheap and not doing it, you know, super correctly. Um, on on kind of the furnishing side of things and one one thing i you know i'll say that i think i i'll kind of flip it one thing that i think that we do really well compared to you know some of the failures that we do see kind of other people make or they'll ask you know advice on which is kind of one and the same but a good example that you know you hear all the time i've heard you say it is people will spend all this money furnishing a property or all down payment everything but yet they'll take the photos with their iphone or yeah, their yeah 
And it's like, that, that, those are $150, $250 tops and it makes the world of, the, of a difference of what people look at, you know? And, and on top of that too, just, well, I think something that we've done well is people are paying a good amount of money to vacation or stay in your place. And, you know, that you're, you really are, you're in the business of hospitality and providing an experience for them. So if you keep the consumer in mind first and, and go a little bit above and beyond and just think, you know, if I were staying here, would I want this fixed or would I want this handle? Or if it's a birthday party, would I bring, you know, a couple cookies or whatever, just to go a little bit above and beyond? It makes a world of a difference that sometimes I wish or, or, or I think where a lot of people could improve is is running their you know real estate like a true business with the consumer in mind first is I know it sounds cheesy and all those things, but it, it makes a world of a difference of putting that person first. Oh yeah. And I think what you talked about there of, of putting in, you know, trying to save money on stuff that just not the highest quality when you're in a, a review based business, like a short-term rental, it makes all the difference to for somebody to walk into your short-term rental and they say, wow, this furniture is really nice. Or like you said, that refrigerator is really nice. You know, they really went above and beyond. And, you know, you might spend a few hundred bucks more or furnishing even a three bedroom short-term rental or a two bedroom short-term rental can be 10 or 15 grand pretty easily. Mm -hmm. And it feels like, Oh, that's a lot of money. I could spend eight grand and get it done. But the biggest issues I've heard of and seen with short-term rentals is that people go cheap on the furnishings and cheap on, you know, the functionality of their short-term rental and they end up hating themselves in the end for it. Cause what could have been a great result, people end up being upset and they don't like the sheets, they don't like the pillows or the beds are not that great or, you know, whatever else. Just spend the extra money, make them really nice, and you're going to make a lot more money off it because people are going to review you well after they leave. And that's so that, That's exactly right. I have to think of one other example that outdoor furniture, <laughs> a little more uh, kind of crazy expensive how it is, but you want it's outside. You know, you want that to last and we went really cheap on these uh, like picnic table chairs or whatnot. And I remember them, one of the guests, like it broke, like, and, and it just simply, you know, like it shattered, like it, all the wood came to the ground. And I'm, I think we spent four to six hours, like, you know, putting them together because even that amount of time with how cheap it was, was that was another good mistake. I just <laughs> occurred when I looked out back and, and saw that chair or the new chairs that we have now that are much, much better. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely don't cheap out when you're trying to push short-term rental together. Um, Mason, you know, getting into more questions about, you know, I, this isn't really a question about mistakes, but if you had to start over today, so if you 13 months ago, two years ago, whatever it is, if you were looking to start over today, what would you do differently with what you know now? Sure. Yeah, that's a good question. Um trying to going i mean the furniture furnishing going cheap that's that's a like trying to jump through holes or going whatnot and then on top of that too not doing things like you know legitimate with the city getting the license first thing because you know a lot of people go with the strategy of all oh, i'll do this until i get caught and then say sorry later just just do it all correct from the get-go so you don't have that headache later and you're just free and clear you know it's not fun to pay for city licenses or go through that process of all the you know red tape with you know legislation and whatnot but but just do it learn about that and 
And honestly, I, I, this wasn't really a mistake, but I wish I would have just done this sooner, learned about it sooner. Um, saw, you know, like during the boom and, and, and just consumed all this information as, as much as often as possible. And I'm, I'm, I'm 25 now, so I'm definitely glad it hit me, you know, when it did. But it, when people have the opportunity or they want to learn, diving in and making those mistakes rather than trying to learn the perfect way beforehand is is one of those things I just, I wish I would have done when I was 12, making those $35 a game umpire in softball, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get that. I think you got, you you got started at a great time, but yeah, I absolutely, everybody I talked to myself included and say, Hey, what, are you glad you, you waited until this happened? And everybody waits until a certain point to start some quicker than others. But I think I look back and say, Hey, I was learning about this in my early twenties. I waited until my mid to late twenties to start. 27 about my first property but i was thinking about it and learned about it when i was 23 24 why did i not start then because real estate is time is absolutely your friend in real estate and just being in the market makes such a difference with real estate and any other investment too have you wanted to be part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, but just haven't hit that millionaire status yet? Well, now you can, not even being a millionaire, by joining our new program, GoBundance Emerge. My name's Jamie Gruber, creator of GoBundance Emerge and member of the GoBundance community. And now you can join GoBundance.com slash Emerge, GoBundance.com slash Emerge. Use code Jordan for $100 off this 12-week goal-setting program and mastermind that'll propel you to being a whole life millionaire. That's correct. Yep. Yep, it's a long-term play and, and big on both sides of kind of what I do is, is just you're in it for the long haul and, and the earlier you can get in, the better. Absolutely. So, Nate said, correct me if I'm wrong, you've got a, a, a short-term rental in the Austin area and you've got a short-term rental you just closed on in Dripping Springs? Closing on that one tomorrow, yep, the All Dripping right. Springs. Wow. So, thank you, thank you. Very excited. Um you know, we, I always say like opportunity mixed with persistence and all these things equals luck. This, this short-term rental that, you know, the first one that we bought a lot of sweat equity and forced appreciation, but it definitely appraised a lot higher than, you know, when we were trying to look at pulling some cash out to do it again. Cause we just, you know, got hooked like a lot of people do from the start, um, got lucky there and, and, and yeah, pulled that cash out and, and look for, you know, a couple months as the buyer's, buyer's market here in Austin and kind of across the nation gets a little bit, we've got a little bit more power on the buyer side, in my opinion now with, Definitely. you know, a little bit more time on inventory I noticed and just wanted to make the right call on this one and the Dripping Springs run kind of hit all, checked all of our boxes and um, swinging for the fences on that one. Very excited to do the process of furnishing it again with good expensive furniture not durable furniture you know nothing cheap we'll do it correctly and um it, it is a fun process for sure it's it'll be starting tomorrow it'll be pedal to the metal again oh right so you close tomorrow so this weekend you're going to be in there figuring out what you got to get fixed figuring out what furniture you need and getting that moving that's right the amazon delivery man will be at the house a good amount of the time nice um so that's super exciting. Closing on another property is always so much fun. Um, awesome. So sounds like you're doing awesome. You're, you're 25. You already have two properties in Austin, which is a huge feat. Most people, you know, don't buy a house until their early 30s or late 20s. You already have two. That's awesome. What's next for you, Mason? What are your long-term goals and what's your vision for real estate? Because it sounds like you're having a great time helping people in finance 
and you're also crushing it in real estate. So where do you go next? That's right. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I definitely want to, you know, help more people in whatever realm that is. That's just the traditional side, the real estate side. So the more I learn kind of about how all of this works, um, the more I can help, you know, share this information with others. And the more people you help, you know, that that's that's how you kind of achieve those goals yourself and yeah. and whatnot. And I, and I think just keeping the, the train rolling. Um, I'm from Kansas City. And going home for Thanksgiving, Christmas has been a little interesting. I love our families to death, but it's been a little interesting being engaged and not staying or staying at my parents' house, my childhood room, and my fiance stays in her childhood room. So I think the next uh, next step, we might look at, you know, trying to find a home in Kansas City for a midterm type rental, which if, if people don't know, that's anywhere from like, you know, 30 days to 90 days. So kind of in the space between short and long. There's a lot of uh, hospitals up there. The cost of living, the cost of homes is a lot lower. So can, can kind of do it a little bit quicker. And, and selfishly, one of the benefits of this real estate and, and having homes and places is you have somewhere to stay when someone's not there, right? So that's kind of the whole point of you know, selfishly, we'll, we'll go there and stay November, Christmas time or whenever needed. Um, and hopefully still kind of keep rolling that cash flow. But but yeah, man, I, I just love helping people. I love talking real estate, talking money. Um, it's an uncomfortable topic for many, but for me, it's like, you know, it, it's a big need. There's a lot of, uh, it's, there's a lot of misinformation out there and, and, and a lot of people that finances can be a different language, real estate, lending, all this stuff can be a different language. So helping simplify that for others and helping them kind of repeat that process to achieve whatever goals they might, may have, whether that's, you know, purchasing their first property that might feel impossible and teaching them how to house hack or teaching them FHA three and a half percent down on a duplex and maybe cash flowing on the other side or a triplex, fourplex, you know, all that. It's it's just such a fun game and and it's so much fun to kind of serve others. That's that's really what I want to do, um, what I want to continue to do. That's awesome. And it's really cool that you're t you talk about that stuff as a financial advisor, because I know that, you know, everything, there doesn't have to be just one, one avenue. You don't have to just be in real estate or you don't have to just have an IRA or you don't have to just invest in bonds or passively in real estate. You can do it all. And there's a place for it all. So I love that. My, my investing strategy is kind of all over the place. You know, I, I do invest in an IRA for tax benefits because, you know, I'm not going to get what I get treated in that account the same other places. And but then I do invest in real estate too. And I, I do invest a little bit passively in other people's projects. And I think it all has a place. And you talked about risk tolerance earlier. I think that's so important when you're looking at a portfolio. What's your risk tolerance? How much work do you want to do? Because some real estate investing, like you're talking about putting together Airbnbs, that's a lot more work than passively investing in a syndication. So there's an option yeah. for everybody, no matter where they're at in their life. And it's really cool that you're able to help them figure that out. Yeah, I, I love how you kind of put that because there's so many things out there. So many bonds, crypto, syndications, short-term rental, long-term. And it's just like, what what is your appetite? And and can we fit to kind of help, you know, be your, or can I like help be your middleman to help you achieve whatever it is you want to achieve? Um, if that's, 
you know, setting money aside or, or increasing your 401k contributions so that you can be comfortable when you're 60. That if that's if that's your goal and that's beautiful, that's perfect. You know, if you want cash flow now, are you willing to put in, you know, a few more hours each week or, you know, really have a different side hustle to kind of create some of these things now um, or, or leading up to whatever age, then, then there's a fit for that. So that's right. There's so many different avenues and it's fun kind of navigating all of them and, and, and every single person to money experience is completely different. So just really figuring out what best fits them and best helps them achieve their goals. There's no one all, you know, solution for everything. So it's just finding that good, good, happy medium with it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really cool. You get to help people with that every day too. So, you know, when, when it comes to that, do you have any sort of business or mindset books that you like to recommend to people to help them kind of figure out where they want to be with their investing strategy? Sure. Uh, my favorite mindset book, I'm, I'm sure it's probably been said before. It's the second most sold book, I believe, after the Bible. Um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Oh, yeah. It's just one of, I think I picked that one up when I was 15 or 16 and I've read it almost every single year since because it's just timeless. Um, that's a great one. You know, I know these are, you, you hear them all the time, but it's because they're so good, but rich dad, poor dad, it, Robert Kiyosaki is, is an incredible one just on, you know, getting your money to work for you rather than, you know, working for money all the time and, and getting the quadrants and all that set up. Those are two just fantastic books that if you're trying to get in, in this game or, or improve your mindset, improve your life that you really can't go wrong with either one of those. Yeah, no, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, I know so many wealthy people that read that every year you know, <clears> just to kind of go over those principles. And I think, you know, that's a good lesson. Just because you read a book once doesn't mean that you can't get more out of it by reading it a second time or a third time. You never know. You might have missed something those first two times that changes your life. And that's just such the mindset that you're, you're talking about, the mindset of just continually improving and continually learning. Is so important if you're going to grow. So many people go to college and they say, hey, I went to college. I read all these books that I don't ever want to read again. So I'm done. I don't need to read anymore. I don't need to learn anymore. I'm good. Don't worry about it. I've got my degree and, and I don't need anything else. But those people just, they cease to grow and then they, they cease to get bigger lives too. But what you're talking about is continually learning is how you That's right. grow and get better. Jordan Moorhead here. Really quick, I wanted to tell you a couple other ways you can keep track of us. If you want to listen to all these podcasts and ask questions, the Moorhead team on YouTube is the best place to be. And then Austin Real Estate Investors on Meetup is a great place to keep track of all of our meetups we have going on. There's a lot of life after college. And, and kind of like you said, I've tried to read it every single year. I'm sure that I, I have actually. And, and the different stages of life you go through too. Sometimes something will pop out in a book that you might not have needed last year or a couple years ago, or it hits you right at the right time. Even though you've seen those words before, you, know, you don't retain all of it. So just filling your mind with some of those amazing, positive kind of things to help improve your life and improve the lives of others is, is something I will continuously strive to do with really, some of those really good books. Yeah, so important. So Mason, if people are looking to reach out and learn more about you, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? Sure. Yeah, I, I just started, you know, one of these things I'm trying to improve on is, is social media. So it's 
not that great just yet at getting in front of a camera and talking, you know, to the internet of, of people that even though that's, that was a big way that I learned, but trying to step out of my comfort zone big time there. And, and also on the same time, I'm also trying to separate kind of personal life and, and work life a little bit more as, like I told you earlier, it can kind of be all consuming, <laughs> uh, like the algorithm at night. But I, I did just, that was a long answer for saying, I did just start an Instagram um, account that's really solely money business real estate focused and that's just money underscore with underscore mason um so kind of a brand new account but i'm any new followers that would like to kind of learn more and see some some money real estate tips that's that's where i'll be posting it from now on i'll, I'll stick with it for sure awesome so it's just we'll, we'll make sure that gets in the show notes too so everybody can can see it and click on it but yeah that's pretty easy all right mason most important question we ask here on the podcast what is your favorite restaurant in Austin? Uh, Chipotle. No, oh, I'm just, really? I, yeah. I do love Chipotle. I'm a frequent Chipotle goer. Um, I actually work guest on the podcast, Michael Jones, his podcast is probably 20 or so podcast ago. I think he was early hundreds. His favorite restaurant is Chipotle. And yeah, it's, it's so good. That real food, I could, I could eat, I can literally eat it every single day. So I, yeah. I do love Chipotle, but I'll give you a real Austin answer because there are in so many good restaurants here. Yeah. Um, favorite barbecue is, is Valentina's for sure. I don't get out there often, but every guest that comes in, I bring them there. And um, I love 16, 18 for kind of the Asian, Asian food. Um, I think Elon Musk, not a like him, hate him. He said that it was his favorite uh, restaurant now. And then, then Matt's is a fantastic Mexican restaurant. Yeah. So Matt's kind of, El Rancho. Like, yes. Matt's El Rancho. I like all the different, you know, diverse kind of uh, cuisines. Yeah. Oh. Barbecue tacos and Mexican food. And I'm good to go. <sighs> Can't go wrong. Yeah. All right. Uh, once again, just everybody it's wealth underscore with Mason. For your I'm sorry. Um, handle. Money with Mason. Money with Mason. Sorry. Yes. Money underscore with underscore Mason on Instagram. And of course, I'm always Jordan underscore Moorhead on Instagram. Definitely we'll have all that in the show notes, but reach out to Mason on Instagram if you have any questions about you know his financial advising business or just real estate here in Austin. He'd love to help. Yeah, I appreciate that, Jordan. And, and I would love to help. Just just serve and we'll we'll grow it together. It's the best way to do it. All right. Thank you, Mason. So excited to see what you're able to do here in the next couple of years. And we'll have to have you back on here in a couple of years to see where you're at. Love to do it. Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate you. All right. Thanks, Mason. Take it easy. Take care.